All right. So I'm really excited about talking. Um, Brian invited me to share a little bit about my testimony um, because one of the major stories of my life has been how God has led me through a healing process. He actually has name-dropped me without name-dropping me a few times because I'm that mysterious person who, without having really any tools or understanding what was going on, was kind of led through the, by the Holy Spirit through this healing process. And then later I learned tools, and I'm like, oh, that's what I was doing. That's awesome. I'm so glad to know um, that I wasn't just crazy and um, paying attention to my emotions asking um, God for forgiveness for lies I was believing, forgiving people in my life. Um, and it was a roller coaster. And at the end of it, I mean, I'm still on a path to freedom, but um, there was a release of freedom, not only um, in my life, but over my family's lives as well. So let's begin today with my family. I have a photo there they are. This is a photo from Josh's in my wedding. So um, this happened just a little over a year ago. So on the left, that's Steve, my sister's husband. And then um, right next to her, or excuse me, second person in from the left is my sister, Rebecca. They have a little baby girl, Rachel Joy. Um, and uh, they're amazing. Steve is such a man of God. I'm so glad that he's part of our family. And then, of course, there's me and Josh. I'm thankful every day for Josh. <laughs> um, I'm like, I kept laughed because I like got a little choked up there. Um, just the story of God's goodness in our lives is so great. Um, both of us have an interfaith background. Um, my dad's Jewish, and Josh's mom is Jewish, and his stepdad is Jewish. Um, they're Messianic. Um, my mom's a Christian, but both of us grew up with both of that background, and so that's really special to us. Um, so that's me, Josh, then my mom, Jan, my dad, Mike, um, Jared, my brother, and Dana, his now wife. They just got married this summer. So um, we have a full family, and I'm so thankful for them. Um, but this picture itself is a bit of a miracle. It's a bit of the grace of God. Um, the fact that my parents are standing there together is a miracle, um, as is the fact that Jared is there and Dana, they're standing with us. Um, because 10 years ago, I had met Jared only twice when I was a little kid. Um, it wasn't until about 10 years ago that I met him for the first time as an adult. Because when I was really little, my dad had an affair with a coworker from work. And she became pregnant. And um, as my dad was saying, no, I think that I'm going to stay in my marriage. We're not going to get a divorce. I've heard that you know, that can do things to your kids. Um, she's like, well, I'm having this baby. And so what could have been the end of my parents' marriage and also um, like this divide and this secret is now out in the open and we're like a full family with no secrets, no shame. And we're able to declare openly having Jared in our lives is a complete and total blessing by the grace of God. So, um, that's my family, and I've been waiting for a long time to be able to share this publicly because um, our family has had to go through a lot of changes and working through things to get to the point where we're able to talk openly um, about what happened earlier on in my childhood. So um, one of the big things about the grace of God, let me share a few things. When I was five years old, 
is when my mom got the telephone call from Mary Jean saying, hey, I'm pregnant with your husband's child. That very day later on, I received Jesus as my savior, okay? That's how coinciding this is. And this is how my mom, like her faith journey has been amazing. And I wish that she was up here today sharing because I think her testimony in this is even more wild than mine. Um, then later on, when my parents finally decided it's time to tell our children about Jared, especially because my dad had wanted to be in his life, um, meet with him on the weekends, be a dad. Um, so I was about seven or eight, nine, I can't really remember, but I was, you know, a little bit older, um, than when my parents or my mom first found out, um, they shared with my sister and I, and you can actually change um, that photo up there. On the very day that they shared with us, um, a stray puppy showed up on our doorstep. (laughs) We were actually in the middle of this, like, family conversation that was really hard, and the doorbell rings, and there's these neighbors like, have you lost a puppy? And my mom had been praying that we would have a dog. And she said, a beagle would be nice. So this is Maxie. She's a beagle mix. (laughs) She arrived on our doorstep the day that my mom and dad shared with us um, that my dad had had an affair. And she lived up until the very year that Jared um, was free to come back into our lives and meet us again. What? (laughs) So this is um, the miracle dog, Maxie. And she's important. She comes up again later. Okay. So... For me, these two stories that I just shared about my, the timing of my receiving Jesus and also this, this puppy coming into our lives, for me, that shows how God is faithful in the moment through trauma, right? Like, there's always, like, this blessing of God that we can see in the moment as we're going through really painful, hard things. But... I also believe that there's the grace of God who, after the trauma, brings us back into those places of pain so that we can have full healing. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. Um, We can go on to the next slide there. So today, what I'm going to talk about is um, a process. Basically, this idea is that breaking down walls of self-protection... In other words, the walls that we have up around these places of pain in our hearts that keep us from really going there actually allows two things. One, on that healing leaf, (laughs) Jesus will heal those places of pain. So it allows that when we break down the walls. And then also, it allows God to protect us because he's our protector. So when we self-protect, it actually robs that role that God has from our lives. So both of these things, um, when we self-protect, we're trying to do it ourselves. So when we break down the walls of self-protection, it allows God to step into our lives, um, heal us, protect us far better than we can by our, on our own. So um, when I, about 10 years ago, um, when I went through the training school in Boston, um, I started going through the first part of this healing process, okay? I basically realized that, all right, this affair probably had an impact on my life. 
And I didn't fully understand it. Um, but I did know, thinking back, okay, when I found out about the fair prior to that, I was a good student, but there were subjects I was okay in and it didn't matter. Afterwards, I became a straight-A student in everything, including the subjects I really didn't like, like math. Like, I was good at everything. And in fact, like, if I made a mistake in class, I would just beat myself up about it. I'd be like, oh, I should have known. And that was like this main refrain in my life is that, oh, I make a mistake, I should have known. Um, if you're at all perceptive, you might be able to start putting the pieces together where that might have come from. So um, I also avoided relationships with men. Like, I was in my mid-20s going through the training school, had never been in a serious dating relationship, and I was the one who ended, like, anything that might start getting serious. And so I knew that this was, like, a pattern in my life, and I was starting to think, hey, I'd love to get married someday, but I have to kind of get over this weird pattern of not being open to men in my life and shutting down relationships. So I kind of had these two things on my plate. The easiest thing I ever did was forgive my dad. It was not hard. I love my dad. He's a great dad. So I forgave my dad, and I was like, great, and nothing changed. Okay, so what we're going to talk about today is what to do when there seems to be a wall that's hindering that process. And that was a wall of self-protection. So <clears throat> I want to show you guys a picture of what this looks like. All right. This is what it looks like. Actually, this is what it's supposed to look like. We receive Jesus, and our heart becomes the Garden of Eden. Bunnies go everywhere. <laughs> and flowers and trees. And then, I don't know if you can see that from where we're sitting, but we're dancing with Jesus all over our hearts. And this is how we should feel every day of our lives. The reality of what, although this is what happens spiritually, when we're saved, our hearts are saved. But the reality of what it actually looks like is the next slide. Um, there's like little walled off parts of our heart with these fences um, where we basically said, this horrible thing that happened to me, I'm not going to allow myself to go there. And Jesus isn't either. And then there are these dragons, <laughs> you know, um, that basically keep us. They're, they're menacing us. We're afraid to go there because of what horrible dark things might be hidden in our heart. And I want to share a little bit about where this comes from. Now, when you're a child, right, and something traumatic happens to you, you don't have the tools to be able to safely deal with that pain. So you wall it off, okay? This is actually a healthy coping mechanism that kids have that allows them to continue on without being completely shut down by pain. And so we all do this, and this is normal. So that part, that we all kind of have these little holes in our heart from childhood trauma and pain um, that we've kind of walled off um, with these very healthy boundaries when we're a kid. But the problem is, is that as adults, now we're old enough and we have the tools to deal with this trauma. However, we need to actually go into those places and deal with it. And so these walls, which end up being very good things, end up being bad things in the end um, as an adult because it, we basically, they're barriers that keep the gospel from reaching 
these hurting children inside us still. And so that's why I chose to illustrate this. I, I don't think that Alex and I talked about this at the beginning, but I'm a visual artist. This is how my brain works, is through visual storytelling. And I thought that that would help to make that abstract concept of these painful parts or painful trauma being sealed off in our heart. I thought that that drawing helped us visualize it. So um, this idea, I have to give kudos to Kathy Oates, who wrote the book, um, Open My Heart, Lord, Healing for the Brokenhearted. And in her book was when I first encountered that idea of these little kind of sectioned off places of pain in our heart. Okay, so let's go on to this quote that I have. This process of inner healing then can be described and has been described. Oh, oops, we can go on to the next one. That's the process of inner healing right there. Taking those parts, bringing Jesus in. All right, now we've got a quote. All right, John Sanford, in his book, Deliverance and Inner Healing, wrote this amazing quote that basically sums up what inner healing is all about. It's evangelism to the unbelieving hearts of believers. And I think that that's what that whole process is. Um, He goes on to write in his book, Inner healing is actually the application of the crucified and resurrected life of Jesus Christ and his blood to those parts of my heart and yours that did not fully get the message when we first received Jesus as Savior. Paul wrote, Take care, brethren, that there not be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. That's Hebrews 3.12. Because some areas deep in our hearts have not believed and accepted the good news of our death and rebirth in him, the fullness of his work has not yet happened for us. We are new creatures in Christ, but some of our old, self-centered, selfish character continues to act in its ugly old ways as though we had not yet received the Lord. So that's what we've been talking about this whole summer, is bringing in the gospel again to the parts of our heart, which are still acting out in those old ways, often because of pain that we've kept trapped in there. So if you um, have been here over the summer, um, there have been these great sheets that Brian has been using. This one is called Freedom When You're Stuck. It's a half sheet. And then there's a little small one. Um, And I want to just place what I'm going to talk about and what we've already talked about before. So first, um, from the freedom when you're stuck one, number three starts talking about journaling and writing out your emotions and being paying attention to what the Holy Spirit is saying through your emotions and through the things in your lives. And that's what I was talking about at the beginning is when I started realizing, okay, my, my dad's affair probably had some impact on my life. And you start going there with God, asking him what he wants to do with it. So this is what I'm talking about, number three. And I'm going to give you some tools that can just kind of fall under things you can do with that journal and pen and praying with people, okay? Um, Also, on this little tiny sheet, it talks about the process of healing as attention, deliverance, forgiveness, healing, and truth. Um, Attention being that part that I was talking about where you pay attention to your emotions. Um, And today, we're going to be focusing in on healing, um, the one kind of four down where we ask Jesus where he was in those moments. Okay, so that's where we're at um, in the Freedom Summer materials. Um, Today, though, I'm going to teach you two tools. One is the wall. Yes, 
Okay. One is called The Wall, and the other one is called Presenting Jesus. These are both tools from Sozo Prayer Ministry, and Sozo is Greek for saved, healed, and delivered. And this was a prayer ministry um, that was kind of created from a variety of sources by Bethel Church in Redding, California. And going through and learning about Sozo was one of the main things that really revealed to me, oh, this is the process that God has been taking me through in my life. So The Wall tears down those barriers between us and God and also tears down um, or releases us from self-protection. In presenting Jesus, I illustrated Jesus there with a flashlight. Um, Presenting Jesus is kind of shining the light of Jesus into the dark places in our life. We ask, where were you, Jesus, in these moments? And he walks into those places of pain. So those are the two tools that that I'm going to talk about today. Now, there's an abundance of scriptural backing for these tools, but I'm going to limit it to Psalm 27, um, mostly just for the sake of time. I think you can find a lot of um, good scriptures to back up what I'm talking about here, but I wanted to walk through Psalm 27 kind of as a space for us to encounter this healing process within, so if we can just like live within this psalm. So let's go ahead and throw the first one up. So Psalm 27, verse 1. You can read it up here, um, or you can open up your Bibles or your phones to that passage. I'm going to skip around in the psalm um, to just focus on the and highlight the passages where I want us to live. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? In other words, this is the idea of where we want God to be in our lives through this process. God as our stronghold, he's the one who protects us. He's the one who brings light and salvation. Next, um, Psalm 27, verse 5. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon the rock. So, This is the image I want us to have as we start praying through these things. That as we're praying, as we're tearing down walls of self-protection, we're actually within God's larger protection. We're safe within um, his dwelling. He's hiding us away um, from anyone who would harm us in the shelter of his sacred tent where his presence dwells. Um, And we're going to be lifted higher than um, anybody who hurt us. And then... Next, verses 10 and 11. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. And I think that this is an important verse to realize because some of us do have woundings from our parents. Often if we're talking about a childhood wounding, um, that's the case, no matter how amazing our parents were. Um, But the places where our father and our mother fell short, God rushes in to receive us. And that's really what presenting Jesus is all about, is allowing God to rush in and receive us in those very places where our own parents or the people closest to us may have hurt us. And in this, he can then teach us a straight path to move forward. All right. Finally, verses 13 and 14. I remain 
confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. So I want us to be confident that we don't have to wait until heaven for the broken parts of our heart to be fully healed. We're going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. This is a promise. So as we go forward with this, we're not going to like say, okay, this is just a wound I'm always going to have to bear and struggle with for the rest of my life. Um, We are going to walk in faith saying, no, we're going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And that's the posture that we're going to take to wait for the Lord, be strong, take courage. As adults, we're going to go into those places where we didn't have the the tools um, to really process. And there we're going to wait for the Lord. All right. So let's start with the wall tool. Now, when I was going, I'm going to use my own journey as the example as I go through this. Um, But I do want to say one thing about the wall. When I first started asking God, okay, is there a wall here that's preventing me from going deeper into my healing after forgiving my dad? Um, I saw a very specific story visual story image, which I'm going to share with you soon. This is because I'm a visual storyteller. God knows how my heart works. And I want to just say before I go deep into my own story that the way that God speaks to you is going to be very unique to your own personality and how you process with God. Um, When I've prayed with people and they've asked God, God, show me the wall. Show me, tell me what's hindering this healing process. Um, we've seen different things. Sometimes it's just a feeling of fear, and that could be the wall, is this crazy fear that wells up in our hearts. Sometimes it's a word like self-protection or something like that that comes up. And sometimes it's, again, an idea or a picture. You know, once when I was dealing with a different wall in my life, I saw this wall of flames, which represented this deep anger that I had that was protecting my heart at that point um, because of some things that had happened in my life. So, like, it can show up in different ways. um, But the one that I'm going to share with you today is a little bit more complex because I believe that the deeper you go into some of these root places of pain in our lives, kind of the more layers you have to wade through of healing. So, I asked God, is there a wall If there is, show it to me. And this is what I saw. I don't know how clearly you can see this, but I'll explain how I saw this in my head, and then I'll go into the picture a little bit. I saw basically the front door to my house growing up, and I walked in the front doorway, and the front hall was dark, just like really dark. And I could sense this presence at the end of the hallway that was very menacing, not at all friendly. And as I got closer, I actually saw that it was this, I labeled her surly guard girl. It was actually myself at 13 or 12 years old, okay? <laughs> like, with my arms crossed, looking angry. <laughs> like, so that was the first thing that I saw. And as I approached you know, this person, I was actually frightened until I remembered, no, wait, I'm an adult now. I don't have to be scared of my 13-year-old self. Um, But she was standing in front of a child gate, um, which was blocking off the kitchen. And inside was another little version of myself. Um, I drew her with uh, butterfly wings here because 
um, she was, you know, around seven or, um, you know, six, seven, eight, you know, whenever I had learned about the affair. And at that time, I was part of this very non-PC YMCA program called Indian Princesses, which is basically this dad and daughter program. And even more non-PC, we chose Native American names for ourselves. I'm really sorry to have to admit this um, to you guys right now, but it's part of my story, so I'm going to share it. So I, I had named myself Dancing Butterfly. So... Um, this is Dancing Butterfly, and she's kind of crouched in the kitchen with her hand out to a puppy cage, and inside this puppy crate is um, this little puppy, which was, of course, Maxie when we first got her. And, you know, Maxie's kind of in the cage, kind of whining, kind of sad, and the girl's just going, shh, 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 quiet, shh. And um, they're kind of guarded by another gate. So seeing this image, it's pretty complex. I was a little weirded out and confused. And that, so I was like, okay, what do I do with this? Um, I just want to say that no matter what God shows you, you don't have to be afraid of it. It's not too much for God to heal. Um, Joe Ewan likes to say, and he's um, a Scottish prophet in our movement of churches, what he says is, what God reveals, he heals. So if God reveals something to you about your hurt and your past, that's because he plans on healing it. So we can actually just be encouraged, even if we don't understand what's going on, um, that God is in it to heal it. So I want to bring up now the wall prayer prompt. It's like a list of things that you can pray through. Um, Because this kind of gives us handholds, though. Like, God's going to teach us what we need to do in order to heal once he reveals the wall to us. But this is the basic process that you can go through um, to um, get through, pray through the wall. So first is the question, is there a wall? And you ask God, okay, what does it, if there is, what does it look like and feel like? And then you ask, well, where did it come from? And God, what do you want to do with this wall? Um, You always ask him also if it's safe to bring it down, um, mostly just because sometimes um, in order to safely take down our walls of self-protection, we might need to pray through some specific things first, or he might be aware that it's going to take you a while, and in the five minutes of response time we have, it's not a safe space for you to open your heart like that. So you always ask, okay, is this a safe place for me to do this? And then just follow the Holy Spirit. You may need to forgive um, someone for hurting you, receive God's love, repent of believing lies about God, renounce self-defense, or invite God to defend you. So there's a variety of things you can do. Listen to the Holy Spirit on those. And then um, towards the end, you can always ask God, what would life look like without this wall? Or what are you going to give me instead of the wall, God? Because we want to do more than just try to take down the wall. We want to learn what it's like. We want him to lead us on straight paths to learn what it's like to live in freedom. So that's the wall tool. So um, let's go ahead and show the next slide. So the question I asked is, Jesus, what would you do? You know, it's a great question to ask if you're not sure what to do next, right? Um, And as I asked that, I realized a few things. One was Surly Guard Girl, being 13, came from a time in my life, or 12, um, when I was in middle school. I had, in a few really intense 
betrayals in my friendships. Two of my friends who I'd been really close to basically turned around and said, I'm not your friend anymore. Including, like, there was this one person who, in the middle of class, um, science class, um, some other, you know, students came up to me and they're like, do you know that so-and-so is so mean to you? Um, She's talking about you behind your back and she hates you. And I was like, oh, no, so-and-so is my friend. They're like, why are you defending her? I'm like, because she's my friend. And then this girl walks by, and she's like, I am not your friend. You are disgusting. And, like, of course, that wrecks you as a kid, right? You know, like, oh, my gosh, I put my heart on the line, and you just trampled all over it. You meanie. So I knew (laughs) that that was probably what was going on here. My personality definitely changed in middle school from like cute little dancing butterfly to kind of someone who was a little bit more like, you just try to hurt me, I will stomp you. You know, (laughs) that was basically the change that happened. So Jesus, what would you do then? I was brought to a specific situation that probably created this, you betrayed me, I will kick you, you know, person. And so um, that sounds actually a lot like Um, this tool that, like, I wanted now to bring Jesus into that moment to receive healing. And that's the tool presenting Jesus. So the wall and presenting Jesus kind of go hand in hand, and the tool presenting Jesus helps us take down the wall. Thank you, Anita. So um, let's look at a few of the points of this tool. All right. So as you're asking where did this wall come from, if, Jesus, if God brings up a painful memory, you can ask Jesus, where were you? And then you just wait and see what he shows you. Um, then, like, once you see what Jesus is doing, you start asking other questions. You start saying, okay, well, what was the lie that I believed in that moment? What was the truth that God's revealing to me right now? You renounce the lies that you believe, saying, like, I'm not going to believe those anymore. Um, both lies about God and yourself. You forgive the people you might need to forgive in that scene, and you thank God for the truth he revealed. And that often just takes that bitter edge right out of that memory and sucks it out, and it becomes this place of life and truth again. So um, when I asked God about this, um, basically he showed himself in that classroom with me. And when Jesus stepped into that classroom, it was like truth had arrived. I not only, I saw myself, and he was like, that was not shameful, you standing up for your friend. What you just did was lovely. Amazing, right? <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so good. He's like, that was your strength, not your weakness, having an open heart like that for someone who is mean to you. Then he went in, and I could just see. It was like as if every kid in that room, their hearts were laid bare. I saw that the girl who was mean to me, like, had a lot of pain in her life. And I just saw her sobbing in Jesus' arms because she's hurt. And I saw other kids in the class with similar, like, insecurities and fears. And just Jesus being like, oh, my gosh, my kids, I wish that I could hold you, you know? It still gets me. So um, that was like a powerful, powerful moment for me that just totally took it away. And I was able to say, okay, I renounce the lie that having an open heart is dangerous, right? I renounce that lie. I also received the truth that that's actually a strength. 
Man, <laughs> it's still tender, you guys. Oh, thank you, husband. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so I was able to receive the truth that, like, an open um, heart to friendship and to love, in the, even in the face of um, other people's, like, anger or meanness, is actually really good. Even in the face of betrayal, it's not a weakness to have been in that place to be betrayed. And so um, from that, then Jesus kind of took it, me out of that picture. And as I brought him back into that picture of the wall, this is what happened. He basically, um, Jesus and I came up to that girl and we said, thank you so much for protecting little Beth from betrayal. (laughs) That was so good of you. You don't have to do that anymore. I'm here. I'm going to protect, you know, Beth's heart. And um, I want to, like, give back to you all those years that you lost. (laughs) It's the first time I'm talking about this publicly, so all my emotions are so close to the service. Okay, so then Jesus went in into Dancing Butterfly, and he basically... Um, real, I realized that the reason why she was in there was how my seven-year-old self, who didn't understand quite yet that her daddy, like, had really betrayed her trust, she had, didn't quite understand, but what she did understand was that her emotions were not to be let out because good girls and good little, like, puppies should be quiet, you know? And I think that, like, there was some part of my heart that had attached that idea that, like, this whiny, loud, crying puppy had come into our lives, and, like, maybe my feelings felt that messy and loud and obtrusive to our family life. But just, like, the puppy had to be calmed down and quieted and learn how to just stay contained, so did I. And so in this picture, it's like Jesus basically said, hey, you can let it out. Be messy. Let's go. Eventually, we all went out and frolicked, right? Um, I'm pretty sure that if Frozen had been out at that time, I would have been like singing, let it go, let it go, you know? (laughs) And that is the picture then for like that particular part of myself that had um, contained that pain. So... In this process, of course, the child gates had come down, and now we have, like, this place in my heart that's no longer this walled-off place of emotions and pain from various stages in my life. Literally, Jesus had gone through and healed some pain from both middle school and from earlier on, and um, I felt truly released. I felt like as, as if something had just fallen off me. And I think that what's clear from this is that it's not just at that time, I didn't realize the ramifications, but as I was going through this, Jared was starting to come back into our lives at that point. And literally as this wall inside my heart was being knocked down, the walls in my family were being knocked down too. And my dad decided that it was time for our relatives to know about Jared. Um, it was time for us to, for him to take Jared out and um, Dana and like go to the symphony together so his friends would know that he had a son, right? It was a time when the secret places of hurt in my life had been dealt with. And somehow the secret places in my family were being dealt with too. 
this allowed not only for like our family to become healed, but then also I started seeing my own ability to take risks with my own heart. Um, and I do believe like that when we go into this process of inner healing, the main point is not to get what we want. Like it's not, oh, um, I want to be in relationships. Like I want to be married. And so therefore I'm going to go through a step-by-step process and I'm going to get married, you know, although that's part of my story. Like the whole point of the process is actually to get me closer to God and repair our relationship. And in my mind, then the story is that because I was able to do that, I was able to risk more, be vulnerable in relationship. And it did allow me to get married, right? But that was kind of like the bonus. It wasn't the main point. (laughs) Um, Okay. So that brings us back to all these things. Thank you, Anita. I kind of went off script there for a bit. (laughs) Um, So that brings us back to the main points that we were talking about earlier, that Breaking down these walls of self-protection allows Jesus to heal these pain-filled places um, and God to protect us better than we can ourselves. Um, And we have this process that we can go through of healing um, to make our hearts whole. So today, um, I want to see freedom happen in this congregation. I want to see our own lives get healed so that spiritual ripple effects are going to go out and free our families, free our friends, free this community. Because I do believe that as we release like um, our own walls of self-protection and allow God to heal us, it sets off a chain reaction in the lives of the people around us, um, even without them even knowing that we've gone through this. So um, during response time today, we are going to have a time for us to go through the wall a little bit. Um, as I said before, it may not be the time for you to go through the full exercise, but I do believe and during prayer time this morning, um, we believe that there are people who are going to go through the, like, this tool, the wall, break down walls, and experience real freedom today. So um, in order to do this, we are going to have... Um, some more resources for you guys. This is another half sheet. I apologize for adding to your stack of freedom summer half sheets, but this one is a more detailed version of the wall and presenting Jesus. And also it's going to have, it has a little thing about if you are unable to hear God, if you're angry with God or unable to trust God to even begin this process, it has a prayer um, time that you can go through there. So if there are ushers, if you want to, or people who are just willing to help, um, I would love to have a few people up here. Thanks. Matt, you can come on up. We're going to have a little bit of flow in the background, um, a great song. Um, And resources. Before we go into this, I just want you guys to know other resources include going online and finding the Bethel Sozo Ministry training materials. Um, They have them in kind of MP3 version. They're great to listen through. Um, John Sanford's book, Deliverance and Inner Healing, and Kathy Oates' book, Open My Heart, Lord, Healing for the Brokenhearted. These are all books that really influenced me um, as I was creating this. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to put up the wall um, prayer, or 
prayer prompts up there. So this will be up there. If you don't want to read through that whole half sheet right now, you don't have to. Um, that's just an additional resource you can take home with you. This is a slimmed down version that might be good for the time that we have. And I'm going to pray for us. And during just like this iPod time, just spend time with God, asking him if there's a wall, seeing what he wants to do with that wall. Um, And we'll have the prayer team up on the sides. If anyone is uncertain what to do, or feels um, like it's hard for them to begin this process, we'll help you with that. Once um, the iPod song is done, which is about seven minutes, um, the worship team is going to start worship again, and we're just going to seamlessly go into worship. Um, So you can worship if you are done with um, this exercise, or you can continue um, with your journals or prayers, um, praying through it. All right. Why don't I pray for us? We're going to go ahead and get started. God, thank you that you're our light and our salvation and that we don't have to fear when you're in our midst. Thank you, God, that you're our stronghold and you're our safe place. So we invite you, God, right now in this room to keep us safe in your dwelling. Let us enter into the place of your presence and feel completely free to tear down our walls of self-defense and allow you to come in and heal us. We believe, God, that we're going to see your goodness in the land of the living, that we don't have to wait until heaven for every broken place in our heart to be healed because you're here now and you're waiting to heal us. So we invite you, God, to start speaking to us now. If there's a wall between us, if there's a wall of self-defense or something else, reveal it to us and break it down. In Jesus' name, amen.